The New York Giants desperately need a get-right game and soon. Can they find it this weekend against the Washington Commanders, a team against whom they've had steady success? We discuss that and more on this special crossover edition of Locked On Giants, Locked On Commanders, coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special crossover edition, Locked On Giants, Locked On Commanders. My name is Patricia Trena. I am the host of Locked On Giants. And I am joined by David Harrison. He is the host of Locked On Commanders. And we're going to bring you everything you need to know about the Week 7 matchup. Washington Commanders visit the New York Giants 1 o'clock on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. And David, it's going to be a a get-right type of game for the Giants, hopefully. And for Washington, they're going to just keep looking to build on, um, you know, what they were able to, to bounce back from last week. Yeah, I mean, bouncing back uh, against the Atlanta Falcons week six was was absolutely critical after, you know, starting off the season with two wins and then losing uh, losing two games. You, you kind of expected a two and two start given the schedule. You got the Eagles and Bills after the Cardinals and Broncos. But really looking into the second quarter of the season with the Bears, the Falcons, the Giants and the Eagles, you kind of look at that and you say, OK, this team is capable of going three and one. But then they get blown out, embarrassed in their own, you know, stadium on primetime football against the Chicago Bears, and and after that, it was almost like the world was on fire. If you were talking to Commanders media or fans, you know, while the team is trying to hold everything together, so getting that win against the Atlanta Falcons, you know, not not a not a full sixty minutes of of you know great football by any means uh, necessarily, but you get the win and you do a lot of good things. So now this week you're looking to build on those good things and get even better against the New York Giants, which we know it, it's it's a twofer. A division matchup, that's a twofer. You get a chance to win, and you get a chance to hand your division rival a loss. So this is a big game. Yeah, big game for both sides. And we're going to bring you the storylines, the matchups, and predictions on today's show. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch us on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And David, since the commanders are the visiting team, let's start off with the key storylines going into this Mm -hmm. game. Yeah, I think the the biggest storyline for me coming into this game, you know, you could go with the defense and some of the struggles they've had and are they going to be good? But I'm really looking at the continued development of Sam Howell because I've been been mostly happy with what we've seen out of Sam Howell's young quarterback. Uh, You know, he's had the most passing yards uh, of any quarterback in his first seven starts in Washington history. That's a stat that the commanders uh, PR media, you know, they shared with us uh, last week during that game. And that's incredibly impressive. There's been a lot of really good quarterbacks that come through this franchise. So the fact that he's kind of on that production pace already uh, is really, is really cool. But then you also look at, he's taking a lot of sacks and, and some of those are his fault. Some of those are not his fault. 
Uh, but with the ones that he's taking, you know, the ones that you do say are his fault, you go back and you watch the film and there are routes that are available in a lot of those passes, you know, or a lot of those pass attempts that he ends up getting sacked on. So the more he, the more reps he gets, the more he gets to know how defenses are going to play him, the more he gets used to how defenses are going to play his receivers, the better he's going to be able to start reading his plays because while every play, and you know, Patricia, like every play has like a primary receiver to start. But when a quarterback comes to the line, they look at the defensive alignment, what the shifts are showing, and they might shift and say, you know what, maybe my number one is Terry, but because of what the defense is showing me, my one's actually going to be Jahan. The smarter he gets with that kind of stuff, I think the, the more these sacks are going to start going away and the better he's going to be get. Uh, he's he's going to get. I've gone as bold as to say he might be close to being the second best quarterback in the NFC East. And, and I know that's going to ruffle uh, a good amount of feathers, but when you look at the numbers, He's completed more passes than any NFC East quarterback, which is a volume stat, right? That's not necessarily you know a sign of production, but he's he's also got more catchable balls this year than any other quarterback in the NFC East, and he's got one more pass than Jalen Hurts to, to lead the division, right? But he's got four more catchable balls, and that's not a wide margin, but you're talking about Jalen Hurts, the guy who just took his team to the Super Bowl, so that's a pretty impressive thing for a second-year quarterback to do. Uh, and again, that's according to Sports Info Solutions. And there's a lot more like, you know, he and Jalen Hurts are the only quarterbacks in this division that have over 650 air yards completed. And both of them have over 850. Like he's keeping pace with a quarterback uh, like Jalen Hurts leads the division uh, in touchdowns, but he's not leading the division in interceptions. And, and even while he's trailing Jalen Hurts by one, Eagles fans would say, yeah, but he had one really bad game. Well, Sam Howell had four against the Buffalo Bills. So if you take both quarterbacks' bad games away, Sam Howell actually has less interceptions than a guy like Jalen Hurts. Dak Prescott's kind of in the middle of the field. Daniel Jones, meanwhile, has the exact same amount of interceptions while playing one fewer game. So, uh, you know, again, I think he's close to being the second best. I'm not saying he's the second best, but if if that timing gets better and that that IQ starts to shine through a little bit better, I think he literally has the, the potential by the end of this season to be the second best quarterback in the division. And meanwhile, speaking of Daniel Jones, one of the storylines is, is he going to play this weekend? Daniel Jones dealing with the neck injury that he suffered two weeks ago against the Miami Dolphins. Now, last week, Daniel did not practice at all. He wasn't cleared. Today, Wednesday, he was able to go out and throw. He actually revealed that he's been throwing all along, but he didn't practice. He was, um, he was, he, he, didn't do any of the team drills. He basically worked on the side there, uh, very limited. He was listed as limited on the injury report. I'm not so sure he plays this weekend. I think it'll be Tyrod Taylor who gets to start again. And you know what's interesting is that the offense didn't look that bad under Tyrod Taylor. They were able to move the ball. Now, yes, they had the, the two brain blips, if you will, especially the one at the end of the first half against the Bills in which Taylor audible out of a uh, out of a run, uh, pass play and went with a run play, which didn't get into the uh, end zone, would have been the Giants' first touchdown of the first half of any game this season. So that was a big blip. But, you know, the Giants last week showing a little bit more bite, a little bit more fight to themselves. They kept it close with the Bills. We thought they were going to get blown out, and they didn't. So that's, you know, I know there's no medals for trying, but that's certainly, you know, I think a positive that the Giants can build on. See, this is how low this team has actually sunk that we're talking, we're taking uh, almost as a, as a positive. So, you know, Daniel Jones, again, I don't think he's going to play. And then what offensive line combination will this team put on the field? This is going to be the seventh different starting offensive line combination. 
All right. Seven games, seven different starting offensive line combinations because of injury. The Giants adding uh, Justin Pugh now to the 53 man roster. He was a standard practice squad elevation last week. The feeling is, is he's going to start at left tackle because Joshua Zudu, who had been filling in for Andrew Thomas at left tackle, is now on IR. And then you've got left guard. Who's going to plug in there? Is it going to be Tyree Phillips or is it going to be somebody else? Center, you've got Brent Bredesen in there in place of John Michael Schmitz, who's dealing with a shoulder injury. The right guard mm-hmm. will probably be Mark Lewinsky. And then we'll Evan Neal, who was on the injury report today, did not practice because of an ankle issue. Is he going to play? So a lot of uncertainty regarding the guys up front. And as you know, David, that's where it gets, that's where it all starts is yeah. up front. And without that offensive line settled, it'll be very interesting to see how the Giants plan to attack a very, very good Washington defensive front. Yeah, no, absolutely. Health is health is absolutely paramount. And, and you know, um, when you when you got these offensive struggles, like you were kind of just diagramming there, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on some more of those here later in the episode as well. Um, you know, having a lack of consistency on top of that struggle, you know, is, is kind of a, a big deal. But like you mentioned in the opening, like this commander's team, the commander's defense specifically really has been a get right opponent for a good amount of teams so far this season. So there's no reason that Giants fans and the Giants themselves shouldn't be coming in saying, hey, maybe we can be the next get right team. Yeah. And, and the Giants have had some success against the commanders. They have been yeah. able to, you know, I, I think they've only lost two of their last eight. And then, of course, they had the one tie. So they have had some success against the commanders. So um, is this going to be a get right game for the Giants? You know, I asked Darren Waller today, I said, how close do you think this offense is to getting right? And he said, you know, look, it's about execution. It's about not making mistakes. We feel we're getting close, but we just need to be cleaner with our execution. So if they can do that, maybe they make a game of this. But again, it's going to be a tough matchup, the Giants offense against the Washington defense. And speaking of matchups, we're going to talk about those coming up right after this. Hey, football fans, if you're looking for the most comfortable pair of pants or shorts you'll ever wear, then you got to check out Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are not only comfortable, but they'll make you look good too. Their stretch cocky shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And unlike other shorts and pants, Bird Dogs aren't made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs are made with a cloud knit fabric that looks just like cocky, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And best of all, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. My husband absolutely loves his Bird Dogs. He wears it around the house, around the yard when he's doing yard work or running errands, and they have become his favorite go-to apparel whenever he's doing something. And if he likes them, I know you will as well. And right now, Bird Dogs will send you a free water bottle with your order. Simply go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code NFL to get your free gift with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL or use promo code NFL at checkout for your free water bottle. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, everybody, welcome back to a special crossover edition, Locked on Giants, Locked on Commanders. I'm Patricia Traina, host of Locked on Giants. He is David Harrison, host of Locked on Commanders. And David, it's time to talk about matchups. What matchups in this game will have you most intrigued? 
Yeah, I mean, we talk about, you know, can the Giants be the next team to have a get-right experience against the Washington Commanders? And, and so far this season, surprisingly enough, it's been the Washington Commanders' defense giving up those get-right opportunities for some struggling offenses. So the New York Giants offense is trying to be the next one. So that's my matchup. It's the entire Washington defense against the Giants offense. And, and that really is kind of just the bottom line of this game. Uh, you know, stat scouting is usually very dangerous. We know that. Uh, and I, I'm sure you tell your audience that I tell my audience that stat scouting can be very dangerous. But... The Giants offense, 32nd in yards per play, 24th in yards per rush, 30th in yards per pass, uh, 10th highest rate when it comes to being intercepted. Uh, they're giving up the most sacks per pass attempt in the league. One of six teams getting 17 or fewer first downs per game. Their third down conversion rate is middle of the pack. Red zone offense is terrible. Goal to go terror is, is 50% when the middle of the league is around 75%. And they're the only team scoring less than 12 points per game on offense. So when you have all those stats... But that stat scouting still paints a very bleak picture. So this Washington Commanders defense, this is a matchup where you can't come out and do what you did against the Chicago Bears. You can't do, honestly, you can't do what you did against the Atlanta Falcons. I'll get into that here in just a minute either. Um, this is a game where, you know, you, you got a coaching staff that's very much on a bubble, whether it's because of their past records or because of the new ownership situation. You got a young quarterback that, you know, he comes out against the Eagles and the offense is putting up points from the jump uh, against the Denver Broncos. They're not putting up points until later in the game. The Atlanta Falcons, they come out putting up points quick. Like, it's kind of hot and cold week in, week out. This defense was expected to lead this team. We even talked to many of the defensive leaders on this roster about being the leaders of the team, and they all talked about embracing that leadership role and understanding that a lot of the team's success this season was going to ride on their shoulders. But four straight games this year, giving up 30 points, and, and that's not a current streak, but during the season – four straight games giving up 30 points on the defensive side of things. This is not the defense we expected. So this is a huge opportunity for this defense to stand up and not allow the Giants to have a get-right game uh, and show that they're better because they are better, honestly, than what they produced. But you got to produce it. We, you, know, we, you can be great all you want, but if you're not putting the, the production on the field, it doesn't matter. All right, and for me, there's actually a couple of matchups that I'm very intrigued to see. And one of it is is uh, individual matchup. One of it's more of a group matchup. I'll start with the individual matchup. Good friend Nick Gates. He's making his return to MetLife Stadium. We yeah. miss him so much. He was a big topic yeah. of conversation today in the locker room. But Nick Gates is expected to go up against Dexter Lawrence, a.k.a. Sexy Dexy. And uh, that should be a nice little matchup because, you know, Nick Gates, he is – and you've, you know, you've gotten to know Nick – he is yeah. a pit bull in the pit there. I mean, he he's not taking any stuff from anybody. The Giants, right. you know, I mentioned that that uh, matchup because the Giants, the prior to last week against the Bills, I didn't think their defense showed a lot of fight, a lot of bite. Mm. They just seemed very passive. Now, last week against the Bills, they finally stood up and they started pushing, you know, guys around and not taking okay. any snuff and whatnot. So I can just see it now that there will be some kind of fight involving Nick Gates and a member of the Giants, possibly Dexter Lawrence, who knows, maybe Leonard Williams. But I can see something breaking out uh, with Nick Gates there because that's just how he is. He's going to fight for his teammates. And um, if you're expecting him to have any kind of sentimental feelings towards the Giants, nah, that's not going to be Nick at all. No. That's not how he no. rolls. I mean, maybe yeah. afterwards, if it, you know, when I hopefully I right. get to visit with him, maybe there'll be that, you know, that that hey, how you doing moment. But, but yeah, yeah, on the field, not at all. You know, the other matchup I want to mention from a Giants perspective, 
is going to be the Giants pass rush against Sam Howell. Now, the Giants, interestingly enough, have reduced the amount of times they have blitz quarterbacks the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's because, obviously, they're trying to protect uh, their defensive secondary. They're also trying to do a better job of plugging in the run so they're not, you know, being as reckless, if you will. But according to Sports Information Solutions, um, week five, the Giants only blitzed 9% of the time on three plays. And last week against the Bills, they blitzed, um, I think it was, let me see, 30, 38% of the time. Yeah, I think it was like, I'm sorry, 28.1% of the time, which is under right. the, thir- the 30 plus that, that Wink Martindale has been blitzing. So the Giants have been sending a four-man rush primarily at the quarterback, trying to move them off his spot and and forcing completions and whatnot. And you know what? It's been working. So I'm curious to see if they continue to deploy that. I think they will because, again, it does protect the back end of the defense, that young secondary Mm -hmm. that the Giants have. And also, you know, if you can get home with four, why wouldn't you do it? You know, why why have to put an extra guy out on the pass rush that takes takes away from the coverage that, that you're going to play. So I'm curious to see how that plays out if Wink Martindale continues to dial it back some against Sam Howell, who's a young quarterback, prone to make mistakes, can be rattled. You know, can they get home and rattle him, which is the four-man rush? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that's, that's an approach, honestly, we've seen a lot of defense take against Sam Howell. And it's, it's interesting because he's got the IQ and ability – uh, and he's got the weapons to, to pick you apart, you know what I mean, if you give him, if you allow him to have that time. But at the same time, when you look at, you know, probably his, his biggest deficiency is holding the ball too long. So, you know, if you have only four rushers and you flood the coverage and, and you don't give him a lot of windows, then that's where he could potentially hold the ball too long. Uh, we're all just kind of waiting for that light bulb moment where, you know, his IQ catches up with his internal clock. And I think that's when you really kind of see the potential of, of Sam Howell kind of take off, but whether that's going to happen this weekend at MetLife is, you know, that's, that's the question that we're all going to have to find out. Um, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaches like to, to blitz young quarterbacks to try to put pressure on them. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's been definitely been more of a trend of teams not blitzing him and trying to, to, to clog as many passing lanes as possible in the coverage versus in, in, in the pass rush. So that's certainly going to be important. Uh, yeah. Nick Gates. Um, I, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that we've talked about his return to MetLife several times this season before this matchup was the next matchup on the schedule. Like that's definitely a game that he's looking forward to. And yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not coming in uh, giving anybody any discounts on the field uh, by any means. Um, my most important player in this game and, and specific player matchup, Patricia is commander safety, Percy Butler against essentially whoever's running the deepest route on the field. Right. Um, last week, getting his first start of the season, replacing injured starter, Derek Forrest, he played hundred percent of the defensive snaps. And he ended up with a 48.1 coverage grade from for pro football focus, which is terrible. It's a, a very terrible coverage grade. And if you saw the highlights and you saw the stats from their win over the Falcons, you might say, man, like how did a DB on a defense that had three interceptions against Desmond Ritter and all this other stuff have such a terrible grade? And it's because what I like about PFS grading, there's some flaws, sure. But what I do like about them is they don't grade the results. They grade the execution. And when you're a single high safety like Percy Butler is a lot of times in the commander's defense and you allow the deepest receiver to get behind you just because the quarterback overthrew that receiver doesn't give you, get you off the hook as far as their grade is concerned. So that's how he ends up with that lowest grade. The New York giants, whether it's Daniel Jones, whether, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, we've seen Daniel Jones, you know what I mean? Do damage against the commander's defense. If Percy Butler, 
you know, he's a, he's a young player, second year safety, super, you know, a lot of potential. So you want to give him a little bit of a break. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be out there for 100% of the snaps, you have to be able to execute. And when you're that single high guy, the 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 operative word is high, right? You've got to be deeper than their deepest receiver because Daniel Jones can can hit that guy, Tyrod Taylor can hit that guy. This isn't Desmond Ritter out there uh, this weekend. So if if the Commanders' defense, whether it's Percy, who will be mostly, or Cam Curl, or another safety getting that single high coverage or getting that deepest safety responsibility, you've got to do it and you've got to make the Giants consistently sustain drives and don't let them have those explosive plays. And speaking of which, the Giants kind of scaled back a little bit on their receiver deployment. You know, in the beginning of the year, they would target five, six receivers. You know, everybody who was active got targets. But of late, the Giants have kind of scaled it back a little bit. Darius Slayton, who has deep speed, he's one of the targets. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie, definitely one of the targets. You know, he's a guy who's seen his role increase. And Wandell Robinson, who can pick up yards after the catch. So the Giants going with youth. They're going with speed. And they're going to put some tests. They're, they're going to test that Washington uh, defensive secondary to see if maybe they can slip behind them and get some chunk plays, something that they have struggled to do. And, again, it all comes back to the offensive line. Can that offensive line Hold up for the Giants. That's the biggest question mark going into this game. All right, coming up next, folks, we're going to wrap things up with some predictions and final thoughts. So please don't go anywhere. Hey, football fans, snap into NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. The New York Giants this weekend are looking to go two weeks in a row in which they up to upset the point spread against them. And according to our friends at FanDuel, they have the Giants as a two-point underdog at home, a spread they should be able to beat against a Washington team against whom they've had success over the years. Besides football, you can bet on basketball, hockey, baseball, any sport or any athlete you desire. And now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockOn and get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, football fans, you never know when the unexpected is going to pop up, causing you or a loved one to fall ill. Case in point, back in 2011 when I was covering the Giants Super Bowl, I was coming off my cancer treatments and I came down with a nasty virus that sent my temperature soaring to over 100 degrees. With no immediate access to a pharmacy and really not willing to go to a hospital's ER, I really wish at the time I had had a fully stocked Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections because you never know when the unexpected is going to happen that prevents you from getting the treatment you need. And did you know that you can also customize your Jace case by adding other life-saving medications based on your unique needs? Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings, having recently added ivermectin as an option. And now you can make sure your loved ones are always prepared in the event of an emergency by purchasing a gift card for them to use on their very own Jace case. To get started, head to jacemedical.com, complete a simple online form, and in some cases, you might need to jump on a call with one of Jace's board-certified physicians to make sure that you're getting what you need. Once you're approved, you'll then get prescriptions and life-saving medications delivered straight to your door. And now you can save $20 on your Jace case 
by using the promo code locked on at checkout at Jace Medical. That's J A S E medical.com. Again, save $20 off your Jace case with the promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the crossover edition of Locked On Giants, Locked On Commanders. You've got me, Patricia Trainer, host of Locked On Giants, with David Harrison, host of Locked On Commanders. And David, it's prediction time. Who are you liking mm-hmm. in this game and why? Um, I, I like the Commanders in this one. You know, uh, I, I said it last year. I like the Commanders in both the Giants games. Obviously, they came out 0-1-1. and and we've already talked about it in this episode. Uh, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter how great you are. Um, it's it, while it matters what you put on the field any given Sunday, right? And, and the Giants have absolutely played this team. I mean, not just played them tough, like they beat them time and time again. Or even you know, even when when you look at the Commanders, they maybe the, they should have won that game. They at least pull out a tie. So I mean, it's you know, it's it's a difficult matchup. You never expect. I don't think either side. You know, even with the amount of success the Giants have had against this team, I don't think either side really comes in saying, oh, they're going to win by 17. You know what I mean? It's going to be an easy Sunday afternoon. No, this is going to be a fight. It's going to be, you know, aggressive. Like, if anybody thinks the Giants are down on themselves in a ho-hum, like, they're going to stand up against the Washington Commanders uh, and give them their best shot. So, um, I think, you know, an, an early score prediction, I think you're probably looking at, like, 23 to 17. And even that feels like a stretch. Like, maybe I think 23-20 is probably more accurate. Uh, but I do think that the Washington Commanders, again, if if we continue to see the development of Sam Howell as a decision maker, um, and if this defense doesn't allow the Giants to undo a lot of the the bad uh, uh, mojo that they put on the field so far, then they should be able to come out uh, with this win. Last stat, though, Patricia, that I want to throw out here, um, and this is actually on the other side of the ball than what I've been talking about for the most part. Um, the Washington Commanders, this is the third straight week that they'll be facing the worst sack team in the NFL. So when they played the Chicago Bears, the Bears were 32nd in the NFL in sacks per pass attempt from their defense. The Bears came out of that hole because of play because of what they did against the Commanders sack wise. Then it was the Falcons who were 32nd. They're now out of that hole, and now the Giants are 32nd. So the Giants are looking to be the third straight team to be 32nd in the league getting sacks against opposing quarterbacks to come out of that hole because we talked about that get right situation. So, again, that to me is a big part of this game. If Sam Howell can prevent the Giants from becoming that next team to do that, and, of course, obviously the offensive line, Nick Gates, they've got something to say about that, then I think the commanders can come away with a three- to six-point win. Um, but I don't think it's a full touchdown either way, no matter who takes this one. All right. I am going to go with the Giants on this one. I know. Shocking, right? Because I said I wouldn't pick the Giants until they gave me a reason to, to do so. <laughs> The reason why I'm going to go with the Giants is even though they came up short against the Bills, I saw a lot of fight in them. I saw a lot that, you know, you take away the mistakes at the end of each half and maybe it's a totally different game. But I think that game, you know, even though they lost and there's no medals for trying, as Bill Parcells always used to like to say, Mm -hmm. I think that game might have instilled a little bit more confidence because Buffalo is a quality opponent and, you know, Washington is no slouch either. You know, let's, let's not yeah. sell them short. So I just feel like, you know, and, and especially from roaming around the locker room today and talking to various players, I get the impression that there's a lot more confidence than maybe there was in recent weeks. And I think they're maybe going to 
put that confidence to work for them on the field. Now, again, I still have concerns about the offensive line. I don't know, you know, for sure if it's going to be Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. But that being said, I feel pretty good about the direction the defense is headed. And I think the Giants are going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be, a, like you said, less than a touchdown. I'm going to go Giants 23, Commanders 17. Yeah, so I mean, very similar, you know what I mean? And it's probably going to be like a, a turnover somewhere, you know what I mean? Like, like Or a punt return or a muff punt or something that, that really kind of turns the tide on this one. That's kind of how these divisional matchups uh, go, but it, it should be entertaining uh, none, nonetheless. And, and I'm looking forward to getting to see you again out yeah. there in the, in the press box and MetLife. I've got some, I've actually got some food spots recommendations uh, from Nick. So I'm, I'm, so I'm making the crazy journey, Patricia. I'm driving up the morning of the game. I'm okay. going to cover the game, obviously do my show, and then I'm going to drive home after the game. Uh, I'm not staying, but uh, Nick has hooked me up with a good food food spot recommendation to give me a good to-go plate that I can eat while I'm driving safely and uh, give me some something to, to kind of occupy my time uh, for the drive home. So looking forward to it. And yeah, I think uh, if, if you have an over-under wager out there, like Nick Gates, 0.5 personal foul penalties in this game, I think you take the over because... He's going to be fired up. He's going to be fired up. <laughs> I'm going to have to send him a text to say hello. Make sure that <laughs> I get that in there. Oh, he adores yeah, you. He would love to hear from you. Oh, Absolutely. I adore him too. I miss him so much. But all yeah. right, everybody, that's going to do it for this special edition of Crossover Thursday, Locked on Giants, Locked on Commanders. You, don't forget to check us out, our individual shows on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I'm Patricia Train of Locked on Giants. He is David Harrison of Locked on Commanders. We come to you. Every day, Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So please check us out as well as our other Locked On programs that we have. For David Harrison, I'm Patricia Trena. We will see you tomorrow on our respective shows. Have a great one, everybody.